High Vibe Nation is live. Welcome to the High Vibe Nation, where we have set out to raise the vibration of every human being on the planet. Your hosts on this journey are Sherry Gideons and Pamela Aubrey. So let's join them now in their current interview with a high-vibing individual. And welcome to the High Vibe Nation, a focus on inspiration and revealing tips for raising awareness and better living. It's time to shift your life. Hosted by Sherry Gideons and Pamela Aubrey. So today we want to welcome Bill Janicek. After a health transformation in his life, Bill decided to become a chiropractor and believes in never stop learning, which has brought him to his personal brand, which is healing under the stress model. His magic is to take the scientific and bring it back to the energetic point. Well, what is that? Energy, nutrition, and chiropractic health, and so much more. Even the rabbit hole, he says. Welcome, Bill. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm honored. I'm honored. I'm number two. Awesome. Welcome. Great to have you here. Oh, it's great. Um, so, how's everybody doing? We're doing awesome. We're amazing. Is everybody vibing high vibe? We are high vibing. That's that's the that's the most excellent way to be. We're finding all this stuff going, and uh, I'm excited about you guys having me on because it's, uh, you know, we've been going through this whole change, mm -hmm. and um, we have, you know, we, I know that we've talked offline, and and there's there's so many blessings that have come out, and, and just the way that, like I said, as we're coming together and everything mm -hmm. else. I've I've had more positives during during this time than negatives, and um, like I said, so I I'm always excited, but I'm especially excited today. I'm happy to hear that because really, isn't that what it's about? It's about really helping others tap into that enthusiasm, that excitement, that you know, that higher feeling of of joy and happiness. I, I feel you. I feel you exactly. And not only that, it's, it's um, you know, your show, and we, we talk a lot um, about the high vibration and then the frequency that we're bending like like that. And um, as you mentioned in my my bio, is is I've kind of like, I've always been a translator of that because you know you get the people that they don't get it. Mm -hmm. And they're just living the life that, you know, their parents told them to live and everything else. And just like that. And then um, and I have patients and everything that are they're deep into the woo. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's every. And I've always found it fascinating that we get these dirty hippies and everybody that's just just down and you know just spiritual. And we're all open and every everything like that. And then you get these scientists they're all talking about the same thing. They're all talking about energy and how to use it. You know, the Einsteins, Teslas, uh, Hawking's, they just happen to have a mathematical model for doing that. And then you have other people that, you know, 
when you're open and, and you're you're in that, you feel it. And sometimes it's just marrying those two. Right. I think absolutely. That, yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you guys speak, I love I that you said that. Yeah. I mean, I to me, a lot of what is amazing beyond the kind of woo-woo feelings of it is the science of it. Right. Because yeah. I mean, it's really, it's like it gives you this whole different perspective on what it really is. And when you talk about people like Einstein or Tesla, you know, they even said themselves a lot of what they knew, you know, was given to them. And I truly believe that that's why, because they were able to tap into, you know, the, the deeper intelligence within them and to access that information through their spirits. Yeah. And you know what, that's what always excited me. Um, you know, growing up, you know, all kids are more intuitive and they're more in tune because they're newer. So they haven't had years of, you know, new programming and beaten down and, and having it. So as, as children, we all you innately know things. Right. And then as we kind of go along and this is what always excited me and this is how I became a neuro guy. So just briefly with my story is that I had epilepsy growing up and um, I always had these seizures disorders. I was always on medications and I was also an athlete. I went to the, the, my mom dragged me to chiropractor for a free exam. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, what's that quack trying to do to your mom? Right. Um, I, I went in there no symptoms, no nothing. Like I said, I was an ath uh, I was an ex athlete at that point. <laughs> I was retired very early. Uh, <laughs> I say that with meaning that I was fired. Um, <laughs> but but I was still an athlete. I was always in shape. And then I go to this quack, and he starts telling me all this stuff that's wrong with me. And I'm like, what's your problem? And in my paperwork, I didn't put anything down. He said in my neck was out. And he said, well, if you have this, you could have headache, neck pain and uh, epilepsy and stomach problems. And I went, hmm. I said, I bet my mom told him, you know, she dropped the dime on me over there. And that's why, you know, this guy's trying to up Because I was probably 22. So at, you know, you know, in life that 22 is the peak of your learning. Other than 15, 22 is the next one because now you can, you can legally drink. Um, and so, I just got curious and I remember where I was standing when, when I had a first paradigm shift when he, cause I said, well, you know, I have epilepsy. I said, I'm sure my mom told you and he's going through the paperwork and I said, Oh no, no, no. I didn't write it down. That was for my real doctor. You don't, you know, I'm sure that, you know, you don't know. And then he explained to me, he said, he said, well, did they ever find out what was wrong with you? I said, well, I have to take medication. And, um, so they diagnose you with a deficiency in dilantin. And um, I went, well, no, but I have to take because I have a chemical imbalance. Mm. And it just happens to some people. So it happened to you when it started when you were four. Then he explained the wellness model. And I could feel my face shifting mm -hmm. as my brain was. And I went, huh. So any long story short, I that's how I got into chiropractic, and I and I kept studying this stuff to prove him wrong because I was a smart Alec kid, and um, the more I went down, I think that was my first rabbit hole. Mm. First, I went down there. I'm like, hey, that does do this, and how come the, my doctor told me this, 
And then I learned that medications weren't all that great for you. And I'm like, how could it be? My doctor gave it to me. He loves me. But then that's when I started, when I got into chiropractic school and we started opening up the brain and everything related back to the nervous system. And I'd always been into nutrition because, you know, like I was an athlete and I wanted to get yoked and stronger and bigger. And you know how that is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in, in the 80s, you remember the nutrition was like, OK, fats, carbs, more more calories. Yep. Um, eat a lot of eggs. Bodybuilding and- world, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. As, as I went back and I started looking how nutrition feeds into the body and how the cell, and I was like, whoa, this is so cool. The body is so cool. And so I got really good at, at body stuff. And I'm a really good diagnostician, especially from holistic and movement. And I have my kinesiology stuff going on. And how, and then I add nutrition to that. I'm like, oh, I'm awesome. And I would get, I would do a great diagnostic. I would do thing, and I would have patients that would follow through exactly what I said, and they still weren't getting better. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then I came across, I said, stress is physical, chemical, emotional. And I'm like, emotional. I'm going, yeah, but that's psychology stuff. And I don't, and I had always been into personal development and we got into it from that point. And I, I started going, Wait a minute. If the mind can do this, and this is pre-dispensa and stuff like this, because I was going to ask you, yeah, yeah, and and I remember the first time that I saw dispensa was twenty years ago, probably, and I thought, what a hack! He should be adjusting spines and taking care of people, and and I didn't revisit him until like another. That was before uh, what the bleep and everything. Yeah, I remember when what the bleep came out. And for those of yeah. you listening, he's talking about Dr. Joe Dispenza. And yes. we all know how popular he is today with his scientific, you know, message. Yeah, and, and that that was the point because I would get all excited because I would go to a seminar and, and I would learn a metabolic pathway or a neural pathway and how they interrelated. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. And then <laughs> we started getting into the mind stuff, and I'm like, well, then our thoughts are gonna be different than that and then how we think because like when i had seizures there was three main reasons that i would have seizures it would be like insomnia chronic like if i didn't sleep um if i had a hangover i don't drink anymore but i used <laughs> i did a pretty good job i drank enough for a lifetime so uh, if i stayed drunk i was fine but it was coming out because there's a brainwave change when you're coming from being drunk into you know you have to go through that threshold being that drunk or stress. And I thought, hmm. So, and then by this time I knew about fight or flight and sympathetics and parasympathetic. And then that's when I I was really starting to dabble into some NLP and I was doing just stuff for me, like some early Tony Robbins stuff. Um, Even Franklin Covey back when we were doing values and things. And and then I went down the rabbit hole of the mind and be, you know, I think without, when people don't think about it, they always think that the brain is the mind and the mind's so much bigger. And then when they start, when uh, like quantum physics started coming in and now we have like hard science to understand the woo. And I'm like, this is cool because wouldn't it be awesome 
if the woo and the quantum and God and everything else, if it was real and tangible, yeah. and you know how many millions of people are, are going right now and they're going, I really want that to be real, but it's not in my belief system right now. And if you could show me something tangible and the more we're learning about it and um, they, it really excited me, but it, it changed my practice. And the fact is that because now if, if I enter, you know, it's not like when my patients come in that I say, Whoa, let's go to the quantum together and see what happens. I mean, but I have a different realm of communicating with them and say, well, what do you want? What, what does it cost? And sometimes it just opening the door enough to ask them questions. Right. And when they start going, Hmm. And just what if questions, what if is my favorite? It's like, what if this was true? What if the truth? And then they get, they open their own mind. What kind of questions can they ask? You know, because obviously we're living in a time right now where people are inquiring. They're like, you know, what if? And I know on a lot of levels that has stemmed a lot from fear. And the idea of, you know, like my brother said the other day, you know, I'm getting all set up for the apocalypse. And, you know, and he's telling me, oh, my God, there's not going to be enough meat. And, you know, so when the focus is fear and the focus is negativity and the mind is moving in that direction, what are some questions people can ask themselves or ways to think that will move them more in a direction of positivity or even just for a second shifting? Yeah. So uh, what I found is that if you take somebody that's just like riding high and they're just like, ah, apocalypse, doomsday prepper and everything, when, when they're so caught into their story, you can't make them positive. Mm -hmm. What you have to do is stop forward momentum. And then there's the Lodi principle is the law of, in, in, you know, um, diminishing intent. So the further they get away from the decision making. So if you have somebody that's <clears throat> right in here, you just have to slow them down at first and then stop them for a minute. And that's their pattern interrupt. So mm -hmm. if somebody's like that, I sometimes I ask them, I said, what's your favorite Disney movie? Mm -hmm. Because then that just change that gets them off that, that track for a second. Sometimes that interrupt, they'll say, what? I said, well, I was just thinking, and then I can give them an example. I'm a big fan of the hero story. Or the hero's journey, and where you know the 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 hero always takes his call for adventure. He goes out on adventure. He has some challenges. Uh, he meets a mystical, you know, guru that teaches him something. He has to slay the dragon, and in that slaying that dragon, he becomes a new person, and he comes home, and he comes home with a story. And the story is that this is what's happened. He's transformed. So, I mean, that's the basis of all, all the great movies, but it's the same thing that we do, what I kind of think about on, on people. If I can go into a hero's journey, and you know when we tell stories, if I tell you the story about when I was, you know, I was a sophomore and I had this one class, I really didn't like it and I wasn't engaged, but there was a really cute girl that was next to me and I had a big crush on her. 
So as soon as I'm talking about that, you're not listening to my story. You're reliving your story about when you you might have been in eighth grade, but everybody had that crush mm-hmm. that was was going on, and then you you break their pattern. Those are the questions you, you can ask almost anything, but then you ask the what if questions. Going so in, in my practice, people generally will come in. They'll have headache, neck pain, back pain. You know, I I'm not digesting food. I'm inflamed every day, and you know, my doctor has me on these pills. It's okay. Well, I understand you have all that. You know, you you allow them to have their story because you don't want to say, "No, you're wrong. You're stupid. Listen to me, because I'm a hippie and we're tree huggers and we can do everything." And just come into the quantum with me, and it'll be so great. You have to you have to take them where they're at, and you ask them the questions. So, well, what if what if there was a more natural way? And I because and I don't know if there is for you. But what if there was another one that would help you just kind of alleviate the pain, maybe like 20% and wouldn't do any of the damage that you know is getting done? Is is that something? Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be cool. And then you stop and then you turn that momentum and you said, so if if we can get your pain down about 20% and we get you moving a little bit better based on your how you're you are if we get um you moving together and less inflamed how much impact do you think that's going to have on your day oh well i would probably get x much more work done i could do this okay and then you just take them down what if questions and you stop them about you know what if we got you over this and i don't know we got you running that triathlon that you wanted to do and yeah oh yeah that's and you can take that what if you can take them on their own hero's journey mm. but those are the kind of questions you, you just on them in in specific but pam like when you're doing eft it's the same thing right because you're doing a pattern interrupt as you're in, introducing their chain and they're you know you're putting them in gratitude and you're releasing everything i mean isn't that exactly. yeah yeah very that? much so yeah it is it's very similar and and sometimes you know we and, and EFTs interesting in the sense that sometimes you don't even talk about whatever it is. I mean, sometimes you're actually, you're just allowing the body to let go of it and without even having to bring it up. So, you know, it's, it is interesting how similar they are in in some senses, but then, you know, how there's kind of these unique approaches too. And sometimes people don't want to have to talk about it, you know, and so that can be a benefit too. Well, you know, when me and Joe Ingram, the BDC genius, um, when we we started unpacking, one of the the things was that we wanted to do, we didn't want to have to have people relive, you know, the crap that they've gone to, the the things that they they've picked up. And when we're getting into the subconscious, which is the gateway to your mind and your your potential or your limitless po- potential, there's lots of ways to get in that. We can meditate. We can pray, EFT, timeline therapy, yo, you know, whatever it is, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. <laughs> and um, as, as we break it down, it's, it's once you're there, what are you going to do? And what do you yeah. want? And I think, uh, and I've been going, working on this, my just personally is, are we really crystal clear on what we want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to go like, Okay, I don't want to be fat. I don't want to be tired. I don't want to be broke. But what specifically do you want? And then sit in that in the quantum. Mm-hmm. 
because I, w I was getting really good with my meditations and I, and I was going off and I'm like, yeah, I'm in the quantum. I'm nothing and I feel nothing. And I'm just energy and I'm there and I'm, I'm having a great time. And I, it was time for me to, to, to let out my specific intention. And I'm like, oh, I got nothing. I, I, I was just so happy playing there. I'm just like, okay, I worked so hard to get here. Now I'm, I'm just like, oh, shit. And so I come back in and, and I'm like, I better work on this because it's been years. I'm going, I'm going, I'm a positive guy. I, I should know this stuff. And, and I have things like, you know, cut my mullet or something like that. So <laughs> So. Yeah, I love that because it's kind of true. You know, we um, in our culture, we don't really associate a lot of these things with anything yet, let alone change. I mean, we don't really have a framework for a lot of these modalities because they haven't been mainstream and even chiropractic. You know, I mean, it took a number of years before people started to understand how beneficial it really was. And, and, and you know, on, on that point, on the paradigm, it the benefits of chiropractic, which has been out around for over 120 years now, is still only to the level of the person's paradigm. Right. And and so now we're coming into the 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 fact like EFT and any spiritual stuff and getting out there. It's just like, well, you are a little in the woo, and yeah. I don't know if I. But I think because of social media and the fact that. Um, where are you, Pam? Well, um, I'm based out of Boise, so I'm in Idaho. So you're in Idaho, and then Sherry, you're you're in LA, right? No, I'm in Phoenix. Phoenix. Okay. So the fact that I'm in Yorba Linda, California, you're in Idaho, and you're in Arizona, and we're having this conversation that would never happen before, and we're we all have similar but different backgrounds so we're going to touch a couple other people and i think that it's start like anything else with technology it's bringing ideas to the forefront to question mm -hmm. and um i think it's important to question everything because uh you know not everything is nece necessarily true or correct and on that same ground it's you shouldn't reject something just because it comes up against the thought process that you haven't got there. Mm -hmm. But I think that because um, we're able to get thoughts out so quick, you know, it's like a double-edged sword. Sometimes, you know, you don't want the Karen meme that out there that that's gone viral. But on the other side that when we have a new idea, we get a lot of eyes on it, which can flip that. And then when we have science to back things up, we can go, Okay, so you'll have somebody that are changing. I know it's like out here, you know, people are smoking pot left and right. I, I've never been a partaker, mm -hmm. but now because the the stigma's been gone away, you're getting people over here lighten up. You're like, Grandma, what are you doing over there? You're like sparking a bong up. Where that would have never happened, but it's oh. right so maybe that will happen with the woo too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's important to mention that the emphasis is on how can we shift? How can we be in more of a state 
that we're experiencing more of what we really want, which is greater health, greater awareness, greater joy, greater friendship. When if we have acknowledged that everything's energy, and we know that's true because in the room you walk into, you can always feel the vibes of the room. You know if a person's putting off, you know, what I like to call stinking thinking or, you know, negative vibes, you know that because we're all energy. And the more that we become aware that everything's energy, when we're being from a particular mindset, whether it be negative or positive, we're putting that out into the universe. We're putting that out. And what we give, it goes back to that old adage, what you give, you receive. What you put out, you pull back. So I think it's important to you know help people understand that in every moment of today, you're choosing to be from a certain feeling, whether it is negative or positive. And as a result of that, experiences are showing up. You can call it cause and effect. Experiences are showing up as a result of your cause. And you're having that show up in your now moments. And so how can you shift that? And the important thing is, you know, like you mentioned EFT, you've mentioned um, NLP. I myself use NLP. And some of the techniques that you've shared, um, can you share one of those, an NLP technique that people can use when they're stressed or, you know, when they're in that limited thinking um, habit? Um. Yeah, I mean, there, there's literally hundreds of them. One mm -hmm. of the ones that I like, um, I like to do a lot is uh, parts integration, mm. uh, and or an easier one is um, a like to dislike. Are you familiar with that? Mm -mm. So the way that I explain it is, um, if you think about, and we do. We usually do this a lot in unpacking so that I can show people how the, the minds will work. So if, um, do you have a favorite food? Mm, avocados. You like avocados? Do you <laughs> love do. avocados? Yes, I do. I do too. Okay. So <clears throat> I want, do you remember last time you had an avocado that you were just like, oh my God, this is just awesome. Now, look, did you see what she just did? <laughs> So, so she's a visual and you're holding up. So you were looking for a picture and you're a visual. You, look, you were looking up to your left side. I do that too. So it's a sign of greatness. We'll just, we'll leave it at that. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you remember that time? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Do you, do you remember that specifically time when you're biting into it and you feel what it felt like and where you were at and who you were with? And then on a scale of one to 10, how awesome was that? nine that was pretty good okay so now i want you we only see our, our memories and we only think in pictures and symbols and feelings so when you look at that memory and when you have a memory in order for you to remember that time when you ate that avocado you have to have that picture in your head explain to me where you see that picture spatially and I'm going to suspect that you were looking up over to your left, right up and around and around this area. Is that where you saw it? Interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. How big was that picture? Um, not that, I mean, like, 
Show me. Show me. Come on, we have visual. There you go. Yeah, like a tablet size. Okay, perfect. Was it a color picture or was it black and white? Okay. Any movement? Yeah, a little. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of almost like a movie scene. Okay, perfect. Like a clip, yeah. So, um, any background music you were have, you know, I'm having avocados, <laughs> anything like that? Not, not this time. <laughs> okay, perfect. So look behind you, Pam. Do you smell, is that toast? Is there something? Okay. So I'm sorry. I, I get distracted sometimes. So, um, so Pam, now is there a, a, a food that just makes you just gag just the thought of it or you ever got sick on food liver liver and onions oh yeah you know what for the years i've been doing this that's the number one no way i happen to like it so Uh, do you remember a time when you had liver and onion uh when the last time i had it anytime Oh yeah, I remember. I remember. I came up with a system for how not to eat liver and onions. <laughs> so, do you remember a time when you bit into it and you tasted it? Yes. Do you remember that specific time? How old were you? Oh, probably. Well, I mean, I ate it growing up, but I remember somehow around ten, it was kind of like I'm done eating this. <laughs> okay. Do you remember the specific specific time when you when mom served up her dad or whoever served up the liver and onions? I actually distinctly remember one particular dinner where I figured out how to st- not have to eat the liver and onions anymore. Yes. Okay. Did you get to taste it that day? I did taste it. Okay. What kind of face did you make when you tasted it? I we were not allowed to make faces. Oh wow. <laughs> Military family, I see. Uh, um, so, do you remember, like, were you at the kitchen table? Was it a family meeting? Dining room table. Dining room um, table. Mm-hmm. So, when you look at that memory, where do you see that memory? Spatially, um, where you're at. That's a good question. It's kind of almost, uh, I don't know. It's like I'm in it. Like, it's right in front of me. Yeah. You don't have to think about it really, yeah. So, if, if you did think about it and you, you looked at it, where... Would it be like right in front of you here or it's off to the side? It is. It's kind of, yeah. It just feels like it's maybe a little, maybe a little off to the left, but it's still kind of like right there. Okay. So if um, off to the left, is there movement in that picture? Is it black and white? Not a lot of movement. It's color. It's color. Is there a mm-hmm. frame around the, the memory? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that. Again, like the tablet sort of okay. thing. Same yeah. thing. On a scale of one to ten, how how was how would you feel about that liver and onions? Ten being the worst. Ten being worst and zero being I'm fine with. I love liver and onions. Right, it's probably like a fourteen. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, uh. <laughs> what, that's not smoke behind you, though, right? That is. That's not smoke. It's okay. <laughs> what what is that? Is that a pic- picture? <laughs> I don't okay, know. Well, you're good. Sorry, I'm just distracted on the So let's go back to um, your the liver and onions that you had. Um, and how did you get around not eating them? Um, so I, I spit them in my napkin. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. You know, you're wiping your mouth and then just. So this goes into your subconscious, your trustworthiness now that we can't trust you. <laughs> you're not, and you're telling everybody out there the same thing. Right, right. But I, w- I want you to look at that liver and onions and you're just like 14 and it just sucks. Um, I w- look at that memory that you had 
and I want you just to kind of make the the colors of that just a little bit more brilliant, just more technicolor, bringing out like like that, and um, just take that just like you'd fiddle with something. And if the, your picture's like that, just make it smaller, and then just kind of put it off to your right a little, and lower. How does that feel? It definitely feels like it's further away. Like okay. it's not as, yeah, significant. So it's further away. So the scale of one to 10, what would you think about liver and onions? Probably about a seven. A seven. <laughs> so I want you to take that picture and up and I want you to lift it up and I want you to put it over onto your left. Okay. And higher there and make it about a tablet size. Okay. And your favorite music in the background, moving around, jagging like that. And I've read everything else like that. On a scale of one to ten, how would that feel at that point? Maybe like a five. Five. So I want you to take that same color, just technicolor, move it around, tablet size, and I want you to move it down to about an iPhone size okay. and just push it back two feet. Just okay. two feet up, just up, just kind of just drifting off, and it's just out there, but not near you. On a scale of one to ten, how does that change anything? Maybe like a four. Four. So I want you to just, you're going to have that memory, and it's your memory, so you get to do anything you want with it. And I want you to just pretend like it's like on a Lazy Susan, but a real slow one, almost like a display, and just have it turn around and point away from you. Okay. How's that, how's that feel? That drops it. That drops it to about a zero. A zero. So mm -hmm. I want you, as it's kind of going away, just have it float off. Yeah, perfect. And just get it out there. But I want you to watch it float off a lot, like up, like that. And it's just going up and up until you just see this dot right in the middle of the sun. Okay. And then you're going to watch the dot just slowly disappear into that. And it gets so tired that it just kind of turns, gets on fire and just kind of turns to ashes and just slowly disappears. Yeah. At that point. Where are those liver and onions? Gone. Gone. So you know the sound that like a master lock makes when you just kind of slam it? Mm -hmm. I want you to look at that, that picture over there as the, your liver and onions and hear that sound as you lock that in to your new portion. From this point on, whenever you think of liver and onions, you're going to think of it up there and when that's going to be the you're engaged that. So that... As you see, and this is what I like to do with people because mm -hmm. one is shows that you can change things just by the way you you they're called meta programs. It's it's how you picture that thing in, and you have to have a cause and effect. So we can change some some of those techniques on that, and then it, when somebody like you, you're going like, yeah, I mean, I don't feel bad, and I didn't do anything. And then they go like, whoa, dude, that was like unbelievable. That would have trip. But what yeah. if we could do that with old memories? Um, what if we could even, if you want to get yourself out into the quantum and you want to get more, the, what if you just put yourself and ask yourself, where do I have to be in here so I can get out there? Mm -hmm. And you can change those things at any time and you're in charge. And there's, Whenever I do, like, I don't, myself, I'm not, like, 
the breakthrough guy. I'm more kind of like the background guy. There's, here's how it works. And there's that. But I have I have other people that have done that. I mean, I can do it, but I'm not that great. Um, but I'll have I'll usually explain it. And just by explaining the possibility mm-hmm. of paradigm shift, mm-hmm. people will go, yeah, because as I'm doing that with you, everybody watching now or later like that, they're doing it with themselves. They're going, well, yeah, I feel, oh, yeah, that's it. And so they're proving it. They're having proof of concept to themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the questions that you ask. When you ask how we can vibrate higher, mm-hmm. one is get rid of the old stuff and know that we're in charge of changing things. Because sometimes, you know, it's hard. Mm-hmm. You, know, you're, you have one of those days, and we all have one of those days, which is like that. You need people and you have to have that community around um sometimes you need a hug and sometimes you need a slug and somebody just needs to pop you right in the throat and just wake you you know wake you up just oh 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 you know quit being a jerk okay yeah 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 and then lift you up together but when you were talking before in my humble opinion the way we change a vibration of a room is we all three walk in together Mm. Laughing and gratitude, high five. Mm. High five. We, 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 <laughs> however, we're going to do that. High five. Get up there. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get it all over. Um, because our energy vortex that that we're creating will supersede theirs, and we'll create a gravitational pull. And just like we might not take you from a fourteen to a zero like that. But if somebody's a 14 in a, in a crappy Eeyore mood and we bring them down to a three, which makes them just hard to be around, but not suicidal, that's a victory mm-hmm. because people aren't going to walk around suicidal all the time. And then pretty soon this person gets in the habit of being in a good mood and they become part of our vortex and we get bigger and we vortex around and then we pick up somebody else. It's a gravitational pull. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like I said, the fact that we're having this conversation and we're connected energetically mm-hmm. across the states. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in California. You guys are in America. So it's a little different. But <laughs> um, but the fact that, that we are connected means that who are you connecting with over there? And then you're connected to my people and... Oh my gosh, I just want to sing Kumbaya right now. Don't you want to hold it and hug? Well, I I really love that though, because I love how that can take place, you know, for for someone for something that's happening right now and just maybe a state or a moment they're having, but it can also happen for, you know, patterns that they've had for their whole (laughs) life. So it can be so small, but it can be so significant. Yeah. And, and, most, and I see this all the time because so people, again, they come in me with physical issues. And it's the exact same thing that somebody, and Sherry, you'll know this from bodybuilding world. If, if you're squatting and one of your feet come out just a little and the other one stays the same, you may not notice it, but you're firing and you have different muscles under tension and different loads. So after 100 reps, you're, you're moving some. Well, just like the song is, leg bones connected to the hip bone, hip, and then people end up, 
in six months from them, they go, I don't know where this came from. It just came on all of a sudden. Well, it didn't come on. It's just these small little things, these mm-hmm. patterns that created a bigger thing. And the same things go on uh, emotionally with our habits or our patterns or, or just our thought process. If I think my neighbor's a jerk and he's only kind of a jerk because the dog pees in my yard or something, well, that's a tick that I'm having. And am I taking that emotion around the corner to my next neighbor or to the stoplight? Mm-hmm. And it's these little things. And, yeah. And they're cumulative. Well, and not it's just, like that me, too, you know, around so many years of lifting heavy weights in the bodybuilding industry. And gosh, about probably four years or so ago now, I woke up one morning and I had some really bad back pain. And at first I thought, you know, I just slept wrong, what have you. And then I got to the point where I couldn't get out of bed anymore. I couldn't do the simple things, you know, like put clothes in the washing machine and pull them out or dishes in the dishwasher and pull them out. And so I finally go and have an MRI done and they say it's degenerative disc disease. And I had to have a lower fusion. I had to have my back replaced. But even when I was told the diagnosis, I still didn't let that stop me and think, oh, my God, you know what? There's something wrong with me and I can't do this and I can't do that. I ended up having the surgery because I knew it was a great you know, alternative because in my case, I no longer had any discs. They were just completely gone you know, they say with degenerative disc disease, what happens is, is you basically poop the discs, they turn to powder and you poop them out your waist and they just collapse on top of each other. And in my case, I had to have a lower fusion. So as a result of that, instead of um, focusing on it's going to be a long recovery, I put my attention on that it was going to be ease and grace. And then I was going to get up every morning and I was going to, you know, do what I could to keep movement going in my body and and I healed my doctor said you know what I healed like faster than any patient he's ever had and 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 again it's that attitude that you go in with because people will come in all the time with their beliefs mm-hmm. and I get patients all the time said well my neck hurts how long that's been hurt well it's been hurting on and off but it's and then they tell me their story Oh, it's just because I do this, and if I rest, it goes away. Well, the problem doesn't go away. Just that pain in the moment goes along. You still have the condition. Sure. It's sort of like, well, I have diabetes, and when I eat the box of Twinkies, I go into a little bit of a coma, but if I take my insulin, I'm just shaky a little. So I'm good. Mm-hmm. And that's the thought process people go. We've been trained, lied to for so long that – we are all how we feel in the moment. Mm-hmm. And if you think about any, anything great mm-hmm. that we have is a pain. It's a suffering. Mm-hmm. Jesus carried a, carried a cross to suffer for us. The Stoics will tell us that we have to go back over and we have to suffer through that thing. Napoleon Hill tells us that every seed of, of disparagement has, has a seed of opportunity in it. Mm-hmm. Every, I mean, we're learning these lessons all the time. So if you have back pain and you go, oh, my God, you have a degenerated disc. That's the history of problems that you had in the 80s. Yep. And it's not your reality. Now you get the results from that. Those are your consequences. Mm-hmm. But now you take with the, the best thing that you have from this point on and you get better. Mm-hmm. 
and you get you become the best version of you with what you got. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have a 22 year old back? No, no. <laughs> but you got an awesome 55 year old back. Heck yeah. Or no, you know what? No one knows how old we'll say you're you're 29. Oh my age. I was gonna say. I know. We just, we just like you you? Well, I had to because no one else would believe you look so young and beautiful. Thank you. And you, I mean, dang. But point being is that we we judge too often or too early on that we're this and we're that. When I stop, I told people I, I'm getting really, really lazy. I'm not reacting to things anymore because I don't know the outcome. Say, so, well, my truck got stolen. Hmm. I wonder what that means. And just wait for the answer and just go like, oh, well, that's it. You know, as long as it's I'm healthy, my kids are healthy, that's about it. You know what? There's um we can regenerate everything else in the but it's ourself that we just keep that that going. And it's it really is the mindset. And I like the fact that you guys have the high vibe nation because you're bringing people together to do that because we need a, a place to go to reset that we're people that understand. Yes. Because if um, if Pam's out wounded up over in Idaho and the Cowboys come over and they said, you're a dirty hippie, put your crystals away and, and quit meditating and get the cows and do everything. And their paradigm is different. And if you're over, you know, during spring training and go, oh, quit doing that. You need... We all get kind of beat up on that. We need a place to come back over and realize that we're okay, heal up, and then be around your tribe and put the vibe in your tribe, I guess. But um, Rise up. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Because we'll, we'll need that. But every, every society needs something like that. That's One of my favorite things is like from a man, <laughs> like that is just um, like – a drum line or something primal or, you know, which is because energy in that. Yeah, absolutely. Energy that in, in that, and that's, that's a primal thing. And then like men have been estrogenized. I wrote a paper years ago called the estrogenation and how this country is just kind of, you know, we've, we've taken the masculinity away from men and we need that as, a, a vital energy, you know, we always need a male and female energy in a, in relationships and stuff like that, but even the relationship with yourself. Yes. And it doesn't have to be the gender energy unless that's their natural, the pay. But for me and my boys, we have to go down and, you know, that's the modern way was, you know, scratching and farting that or doing something like that is, because we we don't go out and kill and hunt anymore. We don't go to war anymore. But it is pulling up that primal energy. Mm. And then you have more to share. It's like a vortex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you teaching them as boys to connect to that softer side of them as well, which is more about expression and, you know, not holding things in and being willing to talk and discuss and, you know, you know what I what I found is, and I I'm not trained in this at all, so 
take it with a grain of salt. But you know, there's the joke is is well, always jokes. Well, I'll wear a tutu because I'm I'm secure in my masculinity. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time joke, but if if you know who you are, and you're you you know that you're strong, and and I'm protector, and I am Gorg, the 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 savior of the tribe, and me hunt me. Hunt. If you're like that, you have the ability to be soft, because soft does not mean weak. Mm. Vulnerable does not mean, you know, that you are weak or you're going to like this. And if you have enough true masculine energy, you can be, you know, you don't hold things. It's not, you know, the the 1930s dad who just basically work and I provide and what I say is, you know, there's actually movement. There's some communication. And I think the best communication is with yourself, because if you're not clear on who you are and what you do, then you can't share that with anybody else around you. And that that interrupts with your relationships. And it's like I said, when I'm floating around in the quantum and and I'm like getting there and I I don't know what to ask for. It means I'm unclear. Mm -hmm. So I have to go back inside and figure out what I want. But it does, I do the same thing with my patients because they come in and they tell me what they don't want. I don't want my neck to hurt. I don't want my back to hurt. I don't want my stomach. I don't want diarrhea when I'm at school. I don't, you know, but that's a negative goal. So where do you want to be? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you speak for a second on, you know, so for our listeners who don't know what the quantum is and they don't know what a paradigm shift is, can you speak to that for a, for a moment? Yes. So... A paradigm is just the, the box you think of um, and, you know, the beliefs that you have. So there used to be the paradigm, there was a flat earth. So you could see the ocean, and if you took the boat too far, you'd fall off the other side. That was a belief system. We didn't really venture outside that. We didn't go far. Then they discovered that the earth is round. Now we're back to flat again, so I don't, I'm not sure which one it is. But it doesn't really matter because those are paradigms. When I was, you know, my story was, my paradigm was that I had, I was sick. I had, um, I had to take medication, and the medication stopped me from getting sicker because that's the thought process. That's the story that I had. When I said I have a paradigm shift, it's when I had the question saying, well, this isn't true, and that is true, and the, the dots didn't connect. When I said, well, no, my problem, it's not like I didn't have a drug, because drugs don't exist for me to take. It take those, so there's something else going on. If if I cut and I heal, this should heal, and that didn't, it's those questions. Mm-hmm. So. The, the paradigm is your thought process, the box which you think in. So when we talk about the quantum, it's just, you can call it whatever you want. It's something bigger than yourself. And, you know, we call it a, the, like a collective consciousness. Um, it is the, the out there. Because, you know, we're all connected. So I think everybody's had the experience when they, they, well, I'm thinking of Sherry. 
And then my phone rings and I'm like, oh my God, it's Sherry. It's so weird, you called. I just, I, what a coincidence. Well, that happens so often that it's no longer a coincidence. It means that we're connecting. And when we talk about your high vibe nation, mm-hmm. there's different vibrations that we have. There's a frequency. When you're excited, you're like, oh my God, this is just so, and you're in flow. Doesn't everything seem to go right? And that's because energy. That's energy. That, that is energy. And you're vibing into that energy. It's yep. that energy that goes out into the ether, the quantum, God's land, the universe, whatever you want to. Your call. higher power. Your, your higher power because it's out there. Well, if I'm thinking over here and you're thinking over here and we say, oh, hi, Sherry. Would you like to? And we're in the same frequency. We're going to elevate that, that and we're going to connect. And. It's very interesting when, um, you know, now with quantum physics is that we're actually, there's there's a basis for that. It Before it was just like, I've had these experiences and we've had them for thousands of years. And so this is true. It's, I mean, chakra, you've never seen a chakra. Mm-hmm. And you can't, I can't. I took a lot of anatomy class. I've never dissected one. Said, "Oh, look at the root chakra. There it is. Let's just take it up." It's not there because it's energetic. And then, so when we live in a mechanistic world, um, we have to see and touch it. Mm. The quantum is something we don't see because we are all energy. You know, three percent of everything in the world is mass. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just energy. And that's what the quantum is. So when I say I'm going out into the quantum, as going, I'm going out of myself. And then I'm thinking, this is what happens when people get into prayer. Mm-hmm. Because when they say that they've connected with God and, um, you know, they, they sit there. You are just in trance. But you're letting this stuff go. You're not thinking about the gas bill or the coronavirus or, you know, my bandwidth or my shoe or liver and onions, we, we are letting that go because that is of here and now and that's mm-hmm. stuff like that. This is when we go to quantum, we go beyond that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, it makes me think too of where I've gotten to in myself around being in the now because you can't change what you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. And so the more we're living in the now and we're embracing, you've said it several times in this interview about getting clear about what we want. You know, in your practice, people talk more about what they don't want, the aches, the pains, the the dis-ease in the body, the stress. But when you ask people what they really want, I can't tell you how many times in my coaching business I hear them say, you know, I don't really know what I want. Or you'll ask them, what's your purpose? And they'll say, I have no idea what my purpose is. And and so yesterday, you know, a fellow friend of ours, Bob Donnell. Good old Bob. Yes. Me buddy. Yes. He had Victor Frankel's grandson Mm -hmm. on, on his show, on the interview. And... For, for those of you who are watching, Viktor Frankl was the man who wrote the book, um, Man's in Search of Meaning. And he was, you know, he w- lived in the Czechoslovakia or in the German um, 
concentration camp. camp. Concentration mm -hmm. camp. Yeah. Correct. But I wrote this down because this is something that he said that I've literally sat with for the last 24 hours. And he said his grandfather said this, that despair is suffering minus meaning. And he went on further to say, he says, now you've talked about states several times. He says, going into a state of despair is choice. And I have sat with that because it's so true. So going back to the moment, in any moment of suffering, of despair, of fear, of sadness, where is the meaning in that? We have choice. We have volition. We have a power that we have access to. But we're all turning out outwardly to the appearance of things. And yes, I'm not saying the appearance isn't real because it's real to your belief system. It's real to the degree that you allow in here. And so, you know, when I sit with this in living in the now, where am I finding meaning in the moments of moments of today? How am I connecting with that? Well, you know, the, the interesting thing. So we just finished up with Easter, right? Right. So Jesus walked through uh, up to his crucifixion was called the passion. Mm -hmm. And do you know the definition of passion? What? So it, it means to suffer for. Mm. So when we're in despair, and um, I, I've heard him talk in several, I mean, we've had dinner before, and we talk a lot about Viktor Frankl. Because him and Bob, uh, Victor Frankel did Logos therapy, which is kind of a one-shot therapy that where, um, you know, you don't sit there. Well, come and meet me next week. Was like that. And Bob, who's masterful, kind of hits people between the eyes with it, and you either have to uh, shit or get off the pot. Right. Because you do that. But he's not into stories. Victor Frankel was the same thing. Sure. But it's the same thing that if, if you have despair and it's a choice, it means you stopped looking mm. and, and you're not going. Passion, if you see what Jesus went through for us, the beatings that he's taken, and he was just a bloody mess. Mm -hmm. And they hammered him down. And, and I, I, I'm just like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I watch the Mel Gibson movie all the time with the Passion of the Christ, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, but he was doing it for meaning, mm -hmm. and there was passion behind that. And, there, and I think I always try to heal myself because I watch people. I'm like, they're there's almost like nothing back behind them, and, and it's like they don't even know what's inside them, and it is tough because. They, you know, the uh, the mass of men, you know, live lives of quiet desperations and die with a song in their heart because they've never tapped into it. They don't have a high vibe nation <laughs> to reach out and, and ha get a, a virtual hug from Sherry and Pam and um, <laughs> and get that. So what you guys are doing is very important. Because there's some people 
that are just cruising around the internet looking at stuff and they're going to go, huh. And they're, they just started down the rabbit hole and they're looking for a place to land that's soft and understanding mm -hmm. and will help them on their journey mm -hmm. to a different, just like when we talked yesterday, Sherry, and I, I was like, dude, that's crazy. And it was totally awesome. So I always do that. So I have a next gaggle of patients yeah. coming in. Give me your give me your website. A way tell us how people can reach out to you, how they can connect with you. This is High Vibe Nation. You know you need to go into the quantum and connect with me on my vibrational level, and I will <laughs> I will be there with you at a thing. But if if your quantum yeah. bandwidth is down, you can catch me at yourbelindafamilychiropractic.com. Um, I'm on Facebook, um, Bill Janishak, um, all the social medias, but uh, fa Facebook or uh, Instagram would probably be best. And uh, Instagram is just right you know, on the screen. Yep. Okay. And can men, like, you know, if men just need, like, someone to grunt with, can they reach out to you? Or oh, yeah. Is that a, a service you offer? Yeah, we said we'll grunt and we'll scratch <laughs> and um, we'll we just do it around. It's actually you know, very I remember. Important. I actually remember reading that book. Um, I think it was, oh, I'm going to say the wrong author, but it was Wild at Heart, you know, and he talked, and I read it because I have a son and I thought, I feel like this is a really important topic, you know, especially for boys. And, and, and I grew up with brothers, so I kind of had a sense for most of this anyway, but I, I think that's a really great point. You know, there isn't a lot of that you know, available for men where they can come into a space and connect in that way. And, you know, it can, they can feel like, okay, I'm not hanging out with the girls and we're not doing this woo woo thing. So I love that you brought that out. Well, it, it's, it's really important. And, and I've never stopped talking about it, but it, it, I get frowned upon all the time. Fortunately, I don't care. Um, but men need to be men. Women need to be women in their essence. And we have millions of years of primal raisings, and there's certain things that we do. If you watch animals in play in in the wild, they're they're roughhousing, they're fighting, they're climbing trees, they're attached, they're falling down. They get, but that's how they learn. And men haven't learned a lot how to be men because we've taken their toy guns away. And, and granted, looking back, it's not politically correct. On a lot of, you know, I used to play cowboys and Indians. You know, I would be suspended now if we played that at, at all. But it was still, the essence of the game was still still there. We would run up and we would take things and we would fight and win and we were warriors. And now that warrior spirit is, is lost in entrepreneurial world because now you have to have a different type of energy. You have to have a masculine energy to come out to conquer and, and it's a different animal but um yeah anybody that wants to grunt and scratch they can come on right over there's some high vibe men out there too so i think that's important you know there's there is a place for the high vibe men too that's right absolutely so thank you very much i'm, I'm honored and privileged to be with you 
Awesome. We'd like to thank every one of you for joining. Um, my name is Sherry Gideons, and this is Pamela Aubrey, my co-host. This is the High Vibe Nation. If this has resonated with you and you want to share it out, we'd greatly appreciate it. Any hearts you can give, awesome. We thank you for that because it helps us to get noticed more on uh, Facebook here. And that's really our message. Our message is it's time to rise and shine and to really be yourselves. And we want to bring that forward here on our show, The High Vibe Nation. Any last words, Pam? Just thank you, Dr. Bill, for being here. What a pleasure. This was such a joy. And thank you all for watching. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks. From everybody here at the High Vibe Nation, we want to say thank you for choosing to raise your vibration. And of course, please like, share, and subscribe. If you need to find us on the web, check us out at www.thehighvibenation.com. Looking forward to seeing you on the next episode and keep high vibing.